0: welcome to beyond sport with fiona stewart if you've been listening for a while welcome back if you're new to the show i'm your host fiona my passion for sport really started when i was a competitive swimmer this led me to study sport development at university whilst also working within the sporting industry i'm a huge believer in sport being used as a tool for good each week i'll bring you an episode with someone involved in the sporting world It could be your local high school teacher or your childhood or current sporting hero. The difference is that it's not your typical type of questions. We talk about the highs and lows in their journey through sport, but also what they've learned from it and how it's made them who they are today. There's also a strong focus on how being involved in sport can impact the community. If you haven't already, make sure you hit follow wherever you're listening so you don't miss the drop of each new episode. If you're after some bonus content then you can check out our instagram or facebook page at beyond sport with fiona stewart if you are a regular listener you may have noticed that the weekly drop of episodes has slowed down a little The demands of work and life have taken priority over the last few months and as organized and on top of things as I try to be, I haven't been able to put the time required to bring you that weekly episode. From now, I'm going to aim for a fortnightly release until life settles down a little so that I can still get all the important messages across with the time and quality they deserve. There's now over 50 interviews with wonderful people involved in the world of sport for you to go back and listen to. If you have a sport or anyone in particular you that you'd like to hear from, send me a message via Instagram at Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. Now, let me introduce you to this episode's guest, joining me all the way from the United States Jessica Yeaton, two time Winter Olympian for Australia in cross country skiing. Jessica spent her first few years in Dubai before moving to Alaska and discovering the wonderful world of winter sports. In this episode, you'll hear how Jess's introduction to the sporting world wasn't just straight into snow sports, and how her love and passion for exercise has influenced her life today. That's more than enough for me. Let's hear from Jess. So can you please tell us about your sport and how you got into it? So I um,
1: originally was born in Perth, um, like all my family's from there. Um, And I ended up, my dad worked for an oil company. So I moved around a lot growing up. So I ended up in Texas for a little while and then in Dubai for a while. And then I moved to Alaska when I was about 12. And sort of, that was like my introduction to winter, I guess. Um, (laughs) I I came from Dubai and it was like, whoa, culture shock. I started like snowboarding a bit. I think I cross-country skied like maybe once. And I thought it was like the hardest, worst sport in the world. Um, and then like somehow it weirdly grew on me. Like, I think I've always been drawn to like, um, endurance sports. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've always loved like running and bike riding and stuff. And so I think like the more I just did cross country skiing, I liked it more and like realized it was better. So it just kind of grew on me, but yeah, like more about my sport, um, it's cross country skiing. So I think, I know a lot of people don't really know what it is. Um, but it's, it's kind of like running in terms of like, the effort. It's like an endurance sport, but you're going up and downhills as well. So a lot of it's like focused on endurance. So that's why like having a background with more of those endurance sports crosses over. Well, it doesn't have maybe the thrill of downhill skiing or something like that, but it is a great activity and you do get kind of addicted to it. So
0: And I don't know much about cross-country skiing, but I know at uni I did learn that like cross-country skiers have basically the best VO2 max, (laughs) so
1: something like that.
0: (laughs) So it's very endurance-based, and you you know you guys have to be very very fit to be able to do that.
1: Yep, exactly. That's kind of that's kind of what it's all about. It's like all of our training is just basically endurance-based. Like we go to the gym a bit just to have. You need that strength still, but like for the most part, the biggest thing, like in the off season, even we're just doing tons of endurance, like running, roller skiing, biking, anything to kind of keep your fitness up. So that's like the number one thing. So it's not not the easiest sport by any means. <laughs> no. How much of an off-season do you get? Um, really not much. Like generally, people like the season would have ended. Like I stopped a little bit earlier, maybe. Um, but I think most people in the sport would have the last races were maybe two weeks ago a week ago and people will tend to take like two to four weeks kind of maybe off but even then people are still exercising like it's just maybe not a regimented program at that point um but for me like I love exercising so I I'm still just gonna train anyway so it's not maybe not as intense and less structure but I wouldn't say you take like a large chunk of time just like sitting around because you do lose that endurance in it it's really important to build a base in the off season. So you don't just want to like sit around and do nothing.
0: Yeah. I come from a swimming background and it's pretty much the same. Like you got a few weeks off with no structured training, but you go down to the pool or you'd go do something else anyway. Yeah, exactly. And most
1: athletes are quite motivated. So I don't know, a lot lot of us, like, I mean, I don't really want to sit around and not exercise. So (laughs) I know some people enjoy, like they love taking like their two weeks off and I'm like, I don't even I don't really need that I still (laughs) want to be doing things so
0: (laughs) yeah no that's that's fair I'm completely the same is there (laughs) a specific moment that you were like okay winter sport and cross-country skiing for me I know you started off snowboarding but like what was it about the cross-country skiing that was like yes I want to do this one so yeah I mean I I did start off snowboarding but disclaimer
1: I was like horrendously bad at it (laughs) I think it's like when I moved to Alaska at that time I feel like as a 12 year old, like snowboarding was like the cool thing. And so I was like, I'm going to be a snowboarder, but I was like, really bad. So I didn't last long. <laughs> so I'll throw that out there. But I think like for me, so I actually grew up doing a lot of road cycling and racing. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of my big thing through high school. And I think I just realized like the more I started doing cross country skiing, like there's that upper body component. And I've always like, I was a swimmer too. I think I've always gravitated towards like the full body aspect. And then I loved the fact that for training in the off season, like we could do, I could do cross country running and that was still training for skiing. Um, And you could still ride your bike and like do all these other sports and swim. And it was still kind of like, I'm still training for skiing. And so I think maybe not a specific moment so much it's just this, like I realized maybe cycling wasn't really the path for me also had a bunch of really bad crashes and like on the road with all the road rash and I was Mm -hmm. like I don't like this I don't like riding in packs with people (laughs) I don't I love mountain biking I do a lot of that I don't really like road cycling but I think yeah it just was like this this realization that like I love the full body workout and I love just being out on the trails in the winter and I just I think yeah, you just sort of find something that you're passionate about because you enjoy that activity and that was that for me so
0: yeah and that's really interesting because if you go up like road cycling swimming my head jumped straight to triathlon but you went yeah. a completely different direction do you think it was the winter climate that kind of made you draw towards yeah, that probably I did do a few triathlons it's not a huge triathlon
1: scene in, in Alaska mm-hmm. um, but I actually love triathlon I kind of want to do more like in the future some off-road ones that I have my eyes on but um yeah I think it's just the the winter culture like skiing is really big in Alaska especially in Anchorage where I'm from and like yeah it's it's more of a cultural thing and the winters are so long and you kind of like it's so dark there like if you're not doing stuff outside it's a little depressing like people you know they're like oh the winters are so bad and depressing but they're really not that bad if you're out doing things um, mm-hmm. I think it's more that if you're stuck inside all the time and I think that's why it's such a great sport um, but yeah I think I think it's more of just like the culture you're like you do what you're surrounded by I had a lot of friends and like really good training groups like fun training groups for you know middle school high school type of thing so I don't know I just enjoyed it
0: yeah it's I like that and I like that it's you've brought that cultural aspect because you know down here in Australia, I'm like, oh, you know, my head jumped straight to triathlon because that's probably what's culturally mm-hmm. here. Like we've got yeah. great open water swimming spots, but yeah, like being a winter area, it bit more, you know, gravitated towards cross country skiing. So I, I like the fact that it's your culture that you grow up in as well, that could help, you know, navigate the way of sport.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think it makes a big impact. And you see that, like, you know it's depending on where people are from like in Norway cross-country skiing is like the biggest sport there is like they have all their best athletes during cross-country skiing it's because it's the biggest sport whereas like in Australia it's maybe more swimming or something so it is interesting it's kind of like what yeah there's I think there's a huge influence on like people gravitating to towards a certain sport
0: mm, yeah it's really cool and you mentioned that you kind of stayed away from cycling after a few crashes but there other significant milestones, and milestones like in your journey that uh, maybe weren't cycling related but they could be any sport related that you know helped shape where you are now there's like a few like in high
1: school I, I remember when I was sort of not skiing as seriously and still kind of doing more like the road cycling thing I think I won like a high school race. And I was like, Whoa, this, like, I'm maybe, am, maybe I'm better at this. I think it's more of that. And that's like natural. I hate saying that, but you kind of gravitate towards it, what you're good at. And I had a couple races where I was like, wow, like I'm actually like pretty good at this. And this is the kind of thing I want to keep pursuing. And so then when I went to uni, I was on kick like, a, a team, like in the States, you can get scholarships for like skiing on certain teams or, and there's a few Australian athletes that have come over and done that actually. is a really good opportunity but I kind of like my last year of high school was like thinking about pursuing cycling and I just I think I had a a couple really good races went to like junior nationals and did all right and was like actually I think I want to ski and that kind of from there on out was like my like how I knew I was going to
0: pursue skiing I guess yeah I don't know if
1: that answers your question entirely.
0: but Yeah, yeah it does. It's kind of the eyes open, like the, that opening moment when you're like, oh, this is where I kind of want to go. It's not just that direction. It's this direction. So yeah. did you end up skiing on a, it's college in the US, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> on a college team? Yeah.
1: Yes, I did. So I went to Montana State University and I was there for four years, but this was actually like quite a while ago because I, I graduated from college in 2014. Mm-hmm. So I finished that and then I actually went back to Alaska and was skiing for a professional team that's it's kind of confusing but it's also like based through a university but it's not part of the college circuit it's more of like a professional team so that was in Alaska called APU Nordic Ski Center and there were some really good like we had um like Keegan Randall as a gold medalist and like Sadie Bjornson was like multi-time like uh world cup medalist and things like that so i had a really good training group there and i was actually training like for probably well, like i mean i guess since then i was based in alaska um until the last two olympics and then more recently like three years ago i started physio school in new mexico so i've been kind of all over the last couple of years um but yes i i was i did race in college but it was quite a while ago at this point
0: so. yeah <laughs> That's really cool. And it's cool that you, you know, you had that, I guess, American college sports system and you got to experience that because it's very, yeah. very different to what we've got down here.
1: Yeah. And that's why, like, we've actually pushed. So there's a couple other, like Casey Wright, the other girl that was at the Olympics with me, she went and skied actually for a college in Alaska. Um, so she was like living there when I was there. It's just been a really good opportunity. There's another girl. right there's maybe two more Australian girls that are currently racing for colleges in the U.S. and I think like it's the kind of thing we've really like pushed because Mm -hmm. it's a really good opportunity to have that team especially for an individual sport you have a really good team atmosphere you know you're going on these trips all winter traveling around and it's really fun and it's really good racing too like the level is very high and it really prepares you for high level competition and so it's a great opportunity and yeah definitely a really like integral part of my growth as
0: a skier I guess mm. but, yeah. and speaking of high level competition like your first winter olympics was in 2018 mm-hmm. were you always going oh like I want to represent Australia at the olympics or like how did how did that come across so that like
1: when I was I think I was in college at the time and of course being from Perth like, I didn't actually know too much about the skiing culture in Australia because mm. obviously it's like very removed over there and like I like I've Go back all the time and have family there and i actually lived a year of high school in perth and i still had no idea someone actually contacted me i think they saw my facebook he was a coach over in um he coached one of the teams like one of the college teams and was like are you actually australian and i was like yeah and he was like you know you could ski for the australian team and i was like what <laughs> i didn't actually even know that was a thing because i just was like i like go to the beach in australia like that's hmm. not what i do Um, So I went over there for two seasons, like, way back, like, when I was in college and raced, like, in Falls Creek. But that was kind of my shift, because they were like, you have this opportunity, like, you could go to the Olympics. And I was like, yes, that's what I want to do. So then I took four years off, basically, like, after I graduated college and was just focusing on the 2018 Olympics. And then it just kind of, like, kept going. (laughs) Like, I always kind of thought I'd be done, but then you just keep going because you love it. So so I'm still here. But yeah.
0: (laughs) That's the best reason to keep going though. It's because you yeah. love it. <laughs> I must love it because I'm still doing it. So. <laughs> so what's it like to qualify? Like how do you, I know for swimming, like there's a you know, major event and you have to place one, two and make the qualifying standard. Like what, how do you qualify for cross-country skiing? So it kind of changes like 2018 actually had like slightly different
1: criteria. And even the Olympics before that was slightly different. Um, but usually, what they do is it's a percent of there. are there's different tiers of um, like qualification because they'll have two spots, and so mm-hmm. then they'll take like the two highest ranked based on the tiers. But like technically, you don't have to make the highest tier if that makes sense. It's kind yeah. of confusing. But they kind of do it based off your percent um, of a World Cup field. So like this last time, the way I qualified like was being within or top sixty percent of the field in a World Cup. And then after that, they'll kind of, like, I don't think any of the other athletes made that criteria, but they'll drop down to like the next tier after that kind of thing. So it can go to like fist points or discretion or things like that. Um, but at the end of the day, it was kind of just like a ranking system that they used to fill the spots. So
0: yeah, no, that's awesome. It's always interesting to see like how different sports pick their their team to represent them. Yes.
1: Yeah. It's, it's super different across different nations too the other thing it's like pretty interesting to see how different team like different countries pick their teams and stuff and it's like and then talking to other athletes they're like this is it's just sports are so different
0: yeah yeah it is yeah and you compare them and you're like oh like this is not how we did it or how I did it and I guess like the the country or the sport chooses the best way that they can
1: yeah exactly I think that's that's the ultimate goal and I think our cross country did a great job with that so
0: Yeah, and bringing back to the most recent Olympics, you recorded in one of your events Australia's best result in the 70-year history. Was that in, which one was that? Was it the 30K? Yeah, so it
1: was a 15K. The 15K. It's confusing. We race a 15K, yeah. Um, But yes, I did that.
0: Was that the brutal weather day? Now I remember like...
1: (laughs) I think the whole, it it was brutal, but it wasn't the most brutal. (laughs) It was always brutal there. Like disclaimer, there was maybe like one day where we were like, wow, it was kind of nice out, but it was still freezing. (laughs) Um, it was like the second worst day. The the last race was the 30 K, which had actually been like my target race. And I kind of just, yeah, it was not the race I was hoping for. Um, But like, I really surprised myself in that first race, this skiathlon, because I basically got a result that was much better than I anticipated. So that's just how things go sometimes, I guess. Um, But yes, it was so windy and cold. It was absolutely heinous. And the course was really hard. Like, I have never, never seen a course with so much, like so many hills and climbing. Like, the number of times I really felt like I was going to die out there was very high. Like you'd push so hard over the top of a hill and just be like, oh no, I'm not gonna finish this race. But then you would. So like it it was abnormal how hard it was there.
0: How do you keep going when you're in that space? You're like, oh my gosh, it's freezing. I'm you know, I'm struggling to breathe. I think I'm gonna die. Like how do you finish that race?
1: I don't even know. It's so funny because sometimes you're out there and you're like, why do I do this? This is so hard. I'm like it's it's really bad when you're having a bad race because you get in like a pretty bad mental space sometimes you're like well this is really tough and I'm not doing that well and it's like I don't really want to try that hard but sometimes when you you look around and you're like wow I'm like for me like say in that race I was catching people in the second half of the race and so Mm -hmm. I had so much motivation and I think that's a thing when you're having like a really good race you always have this incentive to to go so even if you're just like so far in the you know hurt zone you can you can find the motivation because like for me it was top 30 and I knew I was like getting close and now people were, were telling me like oh you're in this place and I was just like oh my gosh I'm gonna pass this person and this person so even though you're totally dying somehow you can do it it's funny sometimes when you're having like a worse race mm-hmm. further back you you don't have that capacity to push so hard like I don't know if that something you can relate to but it's yeah it's, it's interesting because you find that mental like, motivation Um, And I think for, I think that is one thing that for me, like training, Mm -hmm. I think it's even the mental aspect of like every workout, like when you don't want to go out because you're really tired and you're like over it and you had a really hard workout in the morning and you're like, I don't want to go train again. But I actually think there's something about training yourself mentally to push through because I think you can draw upon that in racing and you can kind of, sometimes I tell myself like, well, you did this. You know, one workout this summer where you thought you were gonna die, so you can do this. Or sometimes I'll tell myself like, no matter the distance. I had like kind of a running joke with a teammate once, and we were like, well, we can do anything for four minutes. And it's like sometimes you're like, well, I can do anything for 30 minutes. I can do anything for 30 seconds. So you kind of just like trick yourself. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> little mental tricks, but.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can relate. I used to have this thing. And it would be when you're in the hurt zone and like, obviously we have a pool, so it's a little bit different. I never have to go more than a few, you know, meters either way and there's a wall, but I used to have a thing where I'd be in the hurt zone. And if I pushed hard enough through that, I'd actually go numb and then I'd get my good results after that. So in training, we were doing the reps. So I can, like, I can kind of relate it, but sometimes if I was in a bad headspace, I wouldn't get there. I'd just stay in the hurt zone and I'd be struggling and I'd go slower yeah, it's exactly like that. It's, sometimes
1: it's funny, the races you remember the most are the ones where you're actually having a bad race because you, it's almost like you're able to shut down when you're having a good race and you don't really know what you're thinking about. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, can rec- like recall these bad races where I'm like having like these entire conversations with myself, thinking about things. Like it's funny because when you're actually like able to push, sometimes that's when you like your, your brain actually kind of shuts down. And I'm mm. like, I don't know, I didn't tell you what I was thinking about. And I have a bad day out there and I'm like I don't know thinking about all kinds of things so.
0: do you think it's like that autopilot thing I remember a coach used to say like your body knows what to do because you've trained for it you've just got to let yourself do it so it's that autopilot when you're having that good race you you know what you've trained for your body's just doing it you're in autopilot you're just executing exactly what you're supposed to be doing but when you're having you know, a a bad race, your brain kind of takes over and then it's like, no, I'm sore. I'm puffed. I'm going to (laughs) die.
1: Basically. Yeah. And I think that is, it's like that autopilot thing is like, that is the value of pushing yourself in training. You Mm -hmm. totally teach yourself how to go really hard. That's the great thing about having teammates that are out there like suffering with you. Um, You completely train yourself to like sort of shut that pain down. And I think that is, like, motivation for me. Like, when I'm just, like, out there, like, oh, I'm over it. I don't want to do this. It's like, well, actually, no, because it it really helps you on race day, I think, to, mm-hmm. like, kind of turn your mind off and just, like, push through. But-
0: <laughs> yeah, 100%. 100%. So this is a new-ish question to the podcast. Uh, See so how you go. If you could go back and relive a moment in your sporting journey, what would it be and why? That's Yeah, so I think for that
1: one, I'm thinking like pre COVID because this last year of COVID, it was awful. And like, there's no moments. I don't think like within, I guess like it's harder to said with like a single moment, but I think the last time I was just loved the entire racing experience was like world champs in 2019. Mm -hmm. I was racing really well and had like a string of really good races. And I remember like the entire That whole week was really fun. Like, we had a really great hotel. There was great teammates, really good vibes. I think I had, like, I was, like, 21st or 22nd, maybe, in the skiathlon, which was, like, my best result ever and probably to this day. And so, like, probably that day. like And I think you take it at that time, you're, like, oh, like, you you take it for granted. And then you realize, like, when you're having bad races later on, you're, like, man, I wish I could go back to then because that was awesome. And, like, we had a really good, like, just – being in that town, um, we were in Seyfeld, like we were always like walking around and seeing fun stuff. And like, there was like different teams around. And I just remember doing a lot of fun things. And like the whole week was awesome. So probably like that week in general, like world championships, but just not just because of the sporting, but also because of the experience as a whole.
0: Oh, that's a good segue to our next question, which is what is the benefit sport has provided you as an individual that's transferred over to other avenues of your life?
1: Oh, so that's like, there's just way too many, (laughs) way too many to list. Like for me, I think even though I have always had like other things going on, like work and study and whatever, like for me, exercise and sport, it's like the core of who I am. It is the most important thing in my life. And so I think like, pretty much all of my life lessons are like from like sport and training. Mm -hmm. I think you learn like how to kind of work hard. I think that's the biggest one for me is like, even if you have other things going on, it's taught me how to really push myself and be self-motivated. And I actually think one big thing I've learned is that like having training and having competition has made me sort of strive to achieve more in other aspects because you have that structure in your life and you know, like even if I'm say like at uni or at work or something, I'm like so excited to get off and like go for a run or, you know, go go exercise. And I think it, that structure like provides you with motivation and it like fuels you. And so that's like the biggest thing in my life is I feel like exercise makes me like just a better person because I'm like ready to go and like always excited to like achieve things. There's like the team aspect too as well, like really working with teammates. And I think that is something that's really important teaches you in other aspects of life and then i think the last one for me would be like physio and studying physio i think that's a big drive for me because i'm like the number one thing in my life is exercise and i want to make sure everyone else can be active too and so that's that's maybe the third part of that i don't know if that totally answers that question
0: yeah no it does i and i like the fact that you know your love and passion for exercise has like transferred over to what you want to do professionally outside of exercise so like that physio studying physio and wanting to you know keep people fit and active and healthy it's I guess the same thing as what I did like I loved exercise and swimming and I was like okay I'll study sport development at uni and I want to help keep people in sport for longer and like involved at any level and like it's just that love that personally you have that transfers over and you then help other people with it
1: yeah exactly I think it's massive and Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. It's like the, like, I want people to, it's like the forefront of healthcare to me. It's Mm -hmm. like all these problems we have in society. It's like, if we could get people to stay in sport and be active, like, that's like the key to, you know, decreasing chronic disease and like having people live longer and being happier and like fighting depression. And so that's like, my passion is like, I'm excited when I go, to the clinic and I'm just like helping people exercise I'm like it's a good day we're out like we're working out even if it's not like what I would consider some crazy workout Mm -hmm. like for them it is and that's I think it's so cool and I think yeah that's like we should be promoting everyone to stay in sport and like pursue something athletic because it's just it's massive and I think that that's maybe like what like exercise and like competition has taught me is that like it truly is really important and I think it's made my life better so I think it can make other people's lives better
0: yeah oh that's such an important message I love that <laughs> good <laughs> <I'm glad. laughs> so if you could share like one lesson with you know someone up and coming probably in the winter sports space because I haven't spoken to many people from winter sports but is there something that you'd share or want to you know pass on to someone young I
1: think the biggest thing I've learned is that no one's really keeping like a tally of, of your failures. I think we con- like constantly think that people are watching us and they're like, oh my God, like they had another bad race. Wow. Like, you know, like, I think we're the only ones like thinking of that. Like we're our own biggest critics and, you know, people totally remember when you have some like awesome race, like mm. they definitely remember that, but they don't really like, you're the only person like keeping track of all the times you failed and you're going to fail a lot. And that's, I think the biggest thing is everyone fails a lot. I failed a lot. We've all failed a lot. And I think maybe young athletes don't, don't realize that or see that, but it's part of like this huge journey. Like I'm 30 now. And it's like, I can't tell you the number of times I had a terrible race, like a terrible day of training, but you have these like one, you know, one good race and that's like enough to like keep you motivated. But I think it's just really important to remember that like people aren't, they're not watching you and like being, you know, critiquing your failures. Like that's mostly you. So, and also you really do learn from your failures and like, I don't know, it makes the success so much better. So you have to like learn to grow from them and you know, that kind of thing. (laughs) Mm,
0: That's a really good point. that you know, other people aren't watching your failures and you think that they are and you're like, oh, I feel like I let A, B and C down, but you didn't really actually, and no one actually cares, but you don't no. <laughs> usually. It's crazy. Cause you totally,
1: I like the number of times I had bad a race and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so embarrassing. Like everyone saw that. And then you talk to people and they're like, just no one is like, no one cares. Like no one, <laughs> they probably looked at who won the race and that's like it. Like it's not a big deal. Like no one's going to, and that's the other thing. Even if they saw today, they'll probably forget by tomorrow. So like, yes, maybe people did see it and they're like, wow, that was a bit of a shocker, but like, two days from now I guarantee you like everyone's over it no one remembers it and like you just move on and I think that's like a huge lesson it takes like time to really realize that because you can get stuck on like you know feeling like oh you're bad race and you get really like down about it but you know it does make the good races so much better and like you feel like that sense of accomplishment you almost like when you're having a string of really good racing like you get like numb to it and you forget what it's like to be, to be like racing bad, you know, so it's almost good. You need those downs to really appreciate the highs. So
0: Yes. And that's, I I guess that transfers over to life in general. Like people don't take note of your failures. They don't really care. They notice when, you know, you get a promotion at work or you, you know, get married or you have a baby, like they know those big things. They don't know about the time you crashed your car or, you know, those down moments. They don't care. Yeah. And I think just, everyone's having them and I think that's the crazy thing it
1: takes you so long to realize that like everyone is having like hard times and like having their own struggles and things to work through like you might feel like it's just you or you might feel like you're the only one I mean it's like sport and life in general like you might feel like you're the only one racing slow or having a bad week or something but guarantee you like someone else is and I think that's something I've learned a lot too is like with teammates like learning to talk to teammates like If you're having kind of a rough time over racing, like really reaching out to your teammates and like talking to them and you start to realize the value of just like talking to other people and like, you you know, other people are struggling as well and you can have those connections and it makes you feel so much better. So I think that's something I've learned from that as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and that, you know, I guess transfers over to like mental health and like Mm -hmm. how... It is an individual sport, yes, but like it was the exact same thing with swimming is like we were there through those ups and downs in those, you know, peaks and troughs and someone might be peaking while I'm at the bottom, but they'd still, you know, be that gentle person to be like, hey, F- F- keep going. You're doing really well. Like just show up to training. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like teammates in individual sports are still so huge and you, yeah, it's, it's hard because you sometimes forget that, um, but it's, yeah. Massive mental health part of it, and that like just reaching out to others, and like you're definitely not the only person who's you know had a a bad race or a bad day. Like everyone has been there, so you can really get a lot out of talking to your teammates. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, I used to um say, and I the people who are listening, some of them will be teammates from like ten years ago. Um, we haven't swam together in so long, but I used to say like, no, we're family. We spend every day together. We're family. You don't get a choice. Yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly like that.
0: Yeah, and it just shows that importance of connection, especially in like yes, sport, but also life. Like you could debrief about, oh, like this is what happened, and I've had a really bad day at work or something. And it not, it's not even just about competing. It's like just having those support networks there. Mm-hmm,
1: exactly. Yeah, it's huge. And another just really great thing about sport in general, like you mm-hmm. have this built family, and you have this team of people, and like they are, they become your family when you're spending enough time
0: with them. So. Mm-hmm pretty cool and it's it's connections that like kind of last a lifetime well I would like to think like I haven't lived a lifetime yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no I agree they're like the strongest connections you'll ever have because you're going through similar things and you have similar goals and yeah it's kind of that's how it works and mm. yeah they become your family so
0: yeah and even when you know you've moved on to like you know, you've grown up and people are getting married and moving to different, you know, countries and states and things like that. Like, I've noticed that when you guys come back together, like, you're still that family unit and you're still there for each other and that, you know, no judge zone. So, yeah, like, that's one thing I've really, I guess, enjoyed being an adult, like, but connecting with those people that I trained with when I was 15, 16 is, like, the fact that, yeah, that core group is still together. Yep, Exactly in saying that <laughs> segueing to another aspect of the community like have you been involved in a project or you know something or an event where sports being been used as a tool to develop the community
1: yeah I've done like a few different sort of like mostly with younger like children like in Alaska there's a few different organizations we'd help with so one of them was Healthy Futures which is basically like they'd have these giant like running jamborees and you would go and like run with kids and like encourage, you wear like a cape and you like run with them and help them like do these races and stuff. And it's more like about making it fun for me. Like I just like wanted kids to think that like running and physical activity is fun and that kind of thing. And the, the mission of it was really cool because you're just out there, um, you know, like you're warming up with the kids, jumping around, dancing or whatever, and then like trying to make running fun, which is like not fun for like, <laughs> kids. And so like, I've, I've done a lot of that. Um, Then there was also Fast and Female, which it's over in Australia as well, but that's um, been a cool one to be involved with. Um, Kind of, we would do these big, like, I guess, like events where, you know, you have like a lot of female athletes kind of encouraging like females to keep participating in sport and you're trying to make it fun and um, do different stations with them. And so that's been really cool. And then recently, like in New Mexico, I did this um, project doing. It's called Running Medicine, and it's kind of like the mission of it is that movement is medicine, and that's like that is like my mantra in life is that you know instead of like health, you know, like that's like the, the what I was saying earlier about the um, you know like physio being like on the front line of healthcare. It's like mm-hmm. physical activity is, and so it's this whole idea that like we're going to feel better and everything um and you know, have less illness and that kind of thing with movement and so that was really cool for me because I love just like trying to get people to it was basically like anyone who wants to come you, you can walk if you want but it was like a group that met and you'd have different you know some people would like run really fast some people would walk some people would be in the middle but it was like an all-inclusive event um and I did a bunch of different like video like physio videos so I did like um, a couple of different YouTubes on like nutrition and different exercises and stuff like that. So that was kind of cool to be a part of, but you know, you always try to like be involved where you can just because it is something I believe in so much. So like, I'm always looking for those opportunities to help out.
0: Yeah. And I'll see if I can do some uh, research and find those and link them in the show notes or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're definitely on there on YouTube. <laughs> so we can That's have a look there. <laughs> oh don't stress like you should see some of the videos that I've put up of me like trying to teach breaststroke kick on dry land during COVID (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) I might have to go look that up too after this (laughs) I love that um oh that's awesome that you've you know been able to give back and you know just it's not even just for your sport it's been like exercise and sport in general like share that love and passion for movement I think that's the thing maybe that I've Learned recently is like I don't actually care what sport you play as long as you're involved in a physical activity that you love and that you're enjoying. That's the thing that matters. Like there's kids I run ran a swim school for a while. um There's kids that you know need to move on because they're not going to be swimmers and parents like oh like they're not they're not going to continue on. I'm like that's fine. What other sport are they doing? Mm-hmm. Don't exactly. pull them out of sport altogether. Like they're too young to give yeah. up on physical activity altogether what other sport are you going to put them in?
1: Yeah I think that's exactly it it's like finding trying to find what people are passionate about and I think mm. that's like the beauty of like having so many different sports that you can do too it's like one thing's not for everyone um and I think yeah it's like your kid. I think I'm all about like throwing all the sports at your kids so that they can you know see what they want to pursue but yeah like you know, if they're pulling out of something, try something else. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, I think, yeah, it's just trying to keep people active and like just continuing that culture is so important and valuable.
0: Mm. I grew up in a family where sport wasn't a huge thing. Like my parents didn't play sport as kids really. And it was just really lucky that I finished like a learn to swim program and I loved it. And my parents were like, oh, like there's a squad swimming program connected. We'll put her in that. And it was good that I had that option but my like I know my sister she tried dancing she tried netball she tried a few different sports but I'm really glad like looking at the different journeys that we went on that she was encouraged to you know find one that she was passionate about and she still plays netball now and like it's fantastic
1: yeah exactly no it's so cool that there's so many different ways you can go with it it's like we're all so different as people like obviously everyone's gonna gravitate towards a different sport but it's like about finding that I guess so
0: Mm, yeah and I'm just lucky that I found mine in my in you know straight away like I just load on
1: (laughs) I feel like I found that too but it's definitely got to be tough if you you know like grow up and it's like you're not given the opportunity or you don't Mm -hmm. find something you love so it's like giving people the opportunity to try so many different things so they can find that I guess
0: hundred mm, percent. And this brings, I guess, like the last question. And it's a load one. And you can take it wherever you want, but where do you see the future of sport?
1: So yeah, that is like a pretty tough question. <laughs> <laughs> I think future of sport. I think like what I've seen recently is kind of like the how like all these there's so many sports being added. Like I don't know if you've heard like in the Olympics, it's like this year we're adding like speed climbing or rock mm-hmm. climbing or like skateboarding and like i think it's so cool that every year it's like these fringe sports or like fringe sports or whatever they're like something that's not like as mainstream are being added and i think that's the future i see is like it is growing as a like sport is becoming like a bigger umbrella i guess like mm-hmm. all these you know people who are doing different things are being allowed to compete in the olympics and that's so awesome because i feel like the olympics is just like this thing that brings everyone together like everyone watches the olympics and they love it's like this peaceful thing because everyone you know wants to watch and like it's just this time of unity and so i think the more sports that are in the olympics like the better and i think yeah it's it's so cool seeing just different sports being added i think one thing that like i, I thought about a lot is my mom she tells me all the time about like how if she was my age or like how the opportunities I've had are so much more than what she had growing up. Like she ran marathons and things like that, but um, she was like one of the first women in Perth to be doing that. And she's like, oh, I wish that trail running was a thing for me when I was growing up. Cause like, I don't really run on road. Cause I'm like, I don't want to run on the road. I run on trails only. And she's like, we just didn't do that. Like there weren't like trail running races for me or things like that. Or like mountain biking wasn't as big. And so I see like her saying that and then me saying, what I do now, I'm like, I hope that my children or future generations are going to have even more opportunity. And so I think that's a big one for like females. I think, you know, that, that growing aspect, but just in general, like, I think it's just growing so much and it's really cool to see.
0: Mm, and the barriers are being broken down. Like, I know there's more things going on in the world, but like the barriers are being broken down. And I do look at the opportunities that kids, are, you know, kids even now are having. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, that's cool. I wish I could have done that. (laughs) Let alone the opportunities that, you know, my parents had, I think, yeah, I think it's an important space. And yeah, like you said, with the unity and the adding of different sports into the Olympics, like it gives people that thing of going, Oh, skateboarding is a sport. I can do that. Like, it's not just going to the skate park after school. Like it's something that I can train hard and work hard towards
1: that's the thing is like these sports that yeah exactly like they're training so hard to do these things and that is sport and I think there's a place for these in the Olympics and it's so cool and I'm like I hope that in 20 years we're seeing like even more sports like I think it's so cool um you know like these kids what they're doing when they're pursuing this kind of stuff it's crazy like the tricks they can do and (laughs) yeah I'm like I mean I took up mountain biking like maybe a little later but I I mean, I did it as a kid, but basically what happened is they developed all these trails in Alaska. Like when I was like in height or when I was in college and I came home and I was like, what the heck? Like we'd had all these trails when I was growing up, I'd be freaking jumping off stuff like a champ. Mm -hmm. But, But I feel like once you're older, it's harder, but things like that, like kids can do incredible stuff. Like when you're given the opportunity. And so it's really cool to see things like that being added. And you're like pushing, you know, children to be doing like, like learning these skills that just make you like, you know, better. And I think it's really cool to see. So,
0: mm. And even de- like developmentally, like having mm-hmm. those opportunities in those younger years, like you don't quite maybe have the fear or the realization of consequences mm-hmm. if you um, crash. Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think it's so valuable for, for females too, because I think you, there's this thing where you get like something in your head a little bit, like, I'm like, Oh, like I'm scared or I'm, in my head, I'm like, I'm bad at ball sports. And I don't know where that really came from or if it's based in anything or if that was just something I was told as a kid. But I think it's really important to not like get that in your head when you're young. Cause I don't actually think I am bad. I just didn't really try it that much. But I think there's a sense of empowerment too that I get with like, when I'm mountain biking I think why I love it so much is like working on new like features and like, you know you have this sense of accomplishment that I don't really get cross-country skiing to be honest. Cause it's not like I'm trying new technical skills. But that is something that I'm just like, I want my children and like especially daughters to be doing things like that because I think it's empowering for women and I think it's something that's really important to me. And if you can get that when they're even younger, you have more confidence. And it's just yeah, it's so important to have those skills. So I think it's definitely something I will push is like the skill sport and like, you know, having like having confidence. It's huge.
0: Mm, Yeah. And like I think trying different types of sport like going back to you know you don't know what sport is going to suit you there's a few sports that I would like love my future kids to get involved in even like I grew up as a pool swimmer I'm not a confident super confident swimmer in the ocean so like something like surf life-saving like if my kids don't want to be squad swimmers fine but like I want you to do a nippers program I want you in surf life-saving
1: yep I think I'm like 100% with you that's like open water swimming and that kind of stuff is like it's like a super cool thing to have kids try and like mm. it's, it is totally different and yeah it's like the more you can get them to do the better and mm-hmm. like the more opportunity and the more skills you'll build and like confidence and yeah it's yeah you'd go on about it for hours so
0: <laughs> yeah we could like it and it does I guess like open doors to other sports if that makes sense like yeah. you know your road cycling maybe gave you a good fitness base to do cross-country skiing like mm. we don't know well we probably yeah. do <laughs> like it probably did yeah <laughs> Probably didn't have, hurt, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. That's, I think the future is bright and it's very, very exciting. In terms of your future, what's up for the rest of the year?
1: So I'm like right now because I'm I'm on clinical placements for um, physio right now, so I'm pretty busy. But I'm I'm getting to like explore a lot of places in the U.S. So I'm in Colorado Springs right now, which has like been really exciting. I'm up in the mountains <laughs> and like literally I can run from my house right now, and it's like like trails on like just never ending trails. It's really cool. So I'm like spending, you know, the next however long, like six months almost kind of in the clinic, but also like just exploring new places for training. So mm-hmm. lots of running and mountain biking for me. I'm not sure how next season will look. Like I'm definitely going to take a bit of a different approach. I think like going forward with skiing, just cause I'm, you know, feeling like, not like I want to go over and spend my entire year in Europe, that's for sure. So I might do a little more like racing that I think is fun like more marathon racing and things like that but then also like maybe hit some of those bigger championships like world championships and things like that so we'll see but I'm trying to keep things more like at this point for what I want to do rather than what's like the traditional trajectory for I guess cross-country skiers and for mm-hmm. me like, that this summer I have a bunch of like running races and uh, mountain bike races on the calendar I'm like really excited about that because I think you know it's all about like what you what, what gets you excited and like that motivates me to train so I've been running and mountain biking a ton being like I have all these races on my calendar and I know that'll keep me fit for skiing so it's like a win-win but I'm kind of at this point in my career I guess trying to just like more enjoy it but like I love exercise and racing so much I don't see that going away anytime soon so
0: no that's awesome and it's cool that you know you've kind of mixed it up in terms of the events in your calendar and it's not just cross-country skiing I know at the start of our chat you said you were looking at maybe doing some triathlons and things like that like why not
1: exactly yeah I that's actually reminds me because I've been trying to I need to look up the off-road triathlon schedules I keep forgetting that I haven't <laughs> looked through like what, what races are around but yeah I'm like totally into it and I think I think that is the beauty of cross-country skiing though because it's this you do need to train specifically and like you have to work on your technique and that kind of thing. But you like fitness is the number one thing. And mm. I think it's, it's harder if you're more of a sprinter, I'll give you that. But for me, like I'm more on the long distance side of things anyway. So like, I think I train the best when I'm like happy and I'm doing fun activities. So I don't think it hurts me to be like doing other races and like running a bunch and cross or mountain biking. So I think it's a really cool part of our sport that you can cross train so much in the summer
0: yeah oh that's so cool and staying tuned to what events are coming up and what you're doing that are not winter related
1: (laughs) yes they will will not be winter related for a while so
0: (laughs) oh no that's awesome well thank you so much for joining us Jess like it's been a fun chat and I'm sure you know there's some really awesome lessons that the audience can get out of it
1: well I hope there is too and thanks for chatting and having me on here really enjoyed it
0: my pleasure Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. This is a completely independent podcast that has been created to share the journey and lessons of top level sporting professionals, but also your everyday lover of sport. If you liked this podcast, I'd really appreciate if you could leave a review and share it with someone who you think would also enjoy it. Until next time.